It's not exactly a kid's book, but uh, one of my favorite books is The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. And it's, uh, it's uh, this book where there's this senior devil who's writing advice to a junior devil who's like out in the field tempting human souls. And it, it's a, it, besides being a very thought-provoking book, it's really very funny, uh, quite enjoyable to read. But uh, I thought of it today because of what Jesus says in the gospel. He says, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, in one of these letters, Screwtape, that's the, the senior devil, he is writing uh, to somebody during the Second World War. And of course, uh, he wants to teach this junior devil, is supposed to be teaching his, his patient, that's what they call the human souls, patient, uh, how to hate people, right? That's what the devil wants you to do. So he naturally is going to teach him to hate the Nazis. That's people that you would hate during the Second World War. But Screwtape says, now, don't, that's okay, but don't hope for too much from that. He says, uh, that your patient, he's never met these people in real life. They're lay figures modeled on what he gets from the newspaper. The results of such fanciful hatred are often most disappointing. See, what's the principle here? When our hatred is largely based upon our imagination, well, it's not really very terribly bad. In just the same way as when we love, and our love is largely based on our imagination, it's not very good, because it's all just imagination. And then he goes on to say this. He says, do what you will. There's going to be some benevolence, some goodwill, as well as some malice in your patient's soul. The great thing is to direct the malice to his immediate neighbors, whom he meets almost every day, and to thrust his benevolence out to the remote circumference, to people he does not know. See, that reminded me of this thing about loving your enemy. Because when we think about our enemy, a lot of times we think, well, who's my enemy? It's like the Taliban, or the, these people who come in and shoot up schools or churches, do terrible, awful things, right? Those people are our enemies. Well, certainly they are. Certainly they are. But we, when we think that way, we often miss the fact that uh, it, this command of Jesus comes most, much more close to home. So let me give you a couple of real, these are real stories now. I've changed some of the details. Uh, but these are real stories. Think about this. Now, imagine your mother walks into the room. My mother did this all the time. And she finds a pair of shoes on the floor, your shoes, right? I'm sure you kids have never done this. I, actually, when I went away to college, my mother got uh, some fake shoes to put on the, in the living room floor just so that she wouldn't miss my shoes laying around the floor all the time. Um, but she, you know, she walks in, she sees the, your shoes on the floor, and what does she feel? She's immediately angry because she has told you a million times to pick up these shoes, right? So what does she do? She goes into your bedroom and is like, Son, I thought I told you to pick up your shoes. Go pick up your shoes, right? And what do I hear? I hear, no more fun for you, right? Which means that I'm immediately angry. And, uh, and I go out and grab those shoes and I throw them into my room, into the closet. You know, that's not exactly what she had in mind. Uh, so think about that. We've all seen that happen. In that moment, who, what do these two people feel? They feel hatred towards each other. This happens all the time in family life. Who are these people's enemies? 
each other. You see how close to home that becomes? Here's another example that the adults will get a little bit more. This is a true story as well. You know, uh, mom and dad are older now. In fact, mom's passed away. Dad lives by himself still in the house, but you know, he's gotten to the age where he can't really take care of the house anymore. So we kids, what do we do? We all take turns going out, helping dad take care of the house, doing things for him and all that. Everybody, of course, except the, the youngest brother. We'll call him John, right? John's too busy with life. He doesn't have time to, to come out and do his share of the work. Until, of course, uh, in the very last year of dad's life, when he's really old and sick, John has some financial problems and loses his apartment, and so he moves in with Dad, you know. And, uh, and he help, obviously he helps take care of Dad while he's in his last year there, and then Dad dies. Well, what happens when, after Dad has died, his will is open, and it turns out that in the last couple of months of Dad's life, he amended his will and left the house and a lot of other things, too, to John, because he was there for the last... And then now, think about that. Now who do we all hate? We all hate John, right? Uh, and and you, you become enemies. I mean, I've seen things like this just literally tear families apart. We become our own enemies. We hate each other. See, a lot of the times, because we have other names for these people, like family and friends and neighbors, we don't think of them as our enemy. And so we don't realize that what Jesus says here applies to those people. We have got to love those people, and we have got to pray for those people, even when they have hurt us. Now, how can we do that? Because, you know, we say, well, I can't possibly love that person. You know, I can't possibly pray for that person. I'm too angry with that person. Well, there are two uh, steps, two steps that we need to do if we're really going to love our enemies. Number one, we've got to recognize that we can't do it ourselves. It has got to be from Jesus. Only he, only he can give us the grace to love our enemies. And that means we got to pray. we got to pray uh, that we can have the grace to love our enemies. We've got to even pray that we can pray for our enemies, you know. We've got to ask Jesus to help us do it. That's the most important step because we cannot do it on our own. Number two it is, uh, and this is kind of what Jesus is getting at in the gospel, even if you don't feel inside like you can love that person or pray for that person, act that way on the outside, right? That's why Jesus says, go the extra mile, turn the other cheek, right? What's he saying? Fake it till you make it kind of, right? Like do what you should do if you did love that person and then his grace will bit by bit transform your heart until you really are able to love that person, you know? Uh, St. Paul always makes me chuckle. He says in the, to the Romans, he says, uh, give, thirst to your, uh, give, a, sorry, give drink to your enemy who is thirsty and give food to your enemy who is hungry and you'll be heaping burning coals upon his head. And you're like, is that really Christian St. Paul? You know, like, is that the kind of motivation we should have here? But remember for St. Paul, love is always less of an emotion and more of an action. And so he's saying, act like you love this person. And in the end, you will find that you do because Jesus will give you the grace. So if we want to love our enemies, which in the end often boils down to our family members, our friends, our neighbors, right? What do we got to do? We got to pray 
for Jesus to give us that grace, number one. And number two, we got to act like we love them even when we don't. So let us bring all of our prayers and actions here today to Jesus and Holy Communion. And let's think about who really are my enemies. Do I love them? Do I pray for them? Jesus teaches us the way.